from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. The Canes might be staying put when it comes to the trade deadline. And apparently, Jillio learned something from watching XFL. I learned that he's down bad in terms of watching the XFL. <laughs> let's get it. We got it. Brought, let's, let's get to it. All right, Joe, the NFL Combine starts this week or, yeah, later this week. And interesting comments over the weekend from Miami Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones on social media on Saturday. He's a current NFL player, mm-hmm. keep in mind. He tweeted that he can't run or jump because of injuries he has suffered over the course of his career. Uh, he missed most of last season with an Achilles injury, but in in respect to the combine, he had a broad jump of more than 11 feet. So he says, much has changed in eight years. Today, I can't run or jump because of injuries sustained playing this game. Do not, in all caps, take the pills they give you. Do not, in all caps, take the injections they give you. If you absolutely must, consult an outside doctor to learn the long-term implications. And he continued, it's an honor and privilege to play in the NFL, but it came at a regrettable cost that I did not foresee. In my opinion, no amount of professional success or financial gain is worth avoidable chronic pain and disabilities. Godspeed to the class of 23. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. We, he's, he's 30 years old, and he signed a five-year deal worth $82 million in 2020. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are powerful comments. Look, we. I'm glad he spoke up on this. Because I do think we have to have honest conversations about what players put their bodies through to play this sport. And we made the jokes in the Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes after he got his ankle twisted up again. Like, how many buckets of Toradol did they soak that ankle in, right? And he said he took no painkillers. But we get caught up in... We get caught up in steroids and performance enhancers and things like that, also not realizing that there are even drugs that they use that can have some damaging effects on you and even some addictive qualities. Uh, So good for him for speaking up on that. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Terry Holland, who coached Virginia basketball to two Final Fours, one-time AD at ECU, also at Davidson before that, died. 80 years old. Uh, Holland is what you would consider just a college athletics lifer, right? He, he was like born in Clinton, North Carolina. Coached Davidson. Played at Davidson. Coached Davidson. Went to Virginia. Had Ralph Sampson. Got the two Final Fours. Eventually um, got back into the AD game by being the ECU athletics director. I'm like trying to keep track of all the things that Terry Hall sure. did. Like he did a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, so he, he passed away at age 80 today. But I think most people will associate Terry Holland with Virginia basketball as the head coach and having Ralph Sampson. Yeah, but then also his work at ECU should not be overlooked. Of course not. Yeah, that's, that's a difficult spot outside the power structure of college football and the games that he got. The series of games with Virginia, Virginia Tech, NC State, North Carolina, that was all under his watch. So um, just a great, you know, one of those great administrators and coaches in in ACC and here at ECU. 
So it's interesting, you know, some Jim Laranaga was an assistant for, for Terry yeah. Holland. Yes, he was back in the back in the day. Miami head coach uh, Jim Laranaga. Seth Greenberg was an assistant for Terry Holland as well. Obviously, he goes on to be head coach at Virginia Tech. I know Jeff Jones, uh, who I think he hired while he was at ECU to be back. I think he co- Jeff Jones coached basketball at ECU. He's at Old Dominion now. He had released a statement as well. So, anyway, long story short, with Terry Holland um, and guys who have been in the college game for a, such a long time, you see how close this fraternity is. Somebody's helped somebody along the way, and that's exactly what Terry Holland did. Next up. One, two, three. I need you to catch XFL fever because no. on Thursday night, I'm watching the Battle Hawks rally to beat the Sea Dragons 20 to 18. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, the XFL has got a few things right here. Let's start with what I think the NFL should do. Mm-hmm. It's going to require finding 16 different judges to do it. But ESPN has put Dean Blandino not just in the booth, but in a control room. Mm-hmm. And there are reviews done almost instantaneously. There are every play, every score, you name it. He has like mass control over the game. This isn't just this is like the idea of the sky judge. Yeah. This isn't, oh, let me wait 25 minutes to talk to somebody back in New York or LA or let me see. No, it's there was even a call on a uh on a spot where he was like, We don't have we don't have the angle for it, so mm-hmm. it, it goes as stands on the field, as called on the field. Joe, it was like in 30 seconds, it was done. And I'm sitting here going, okay, they've got the review down correct. The question mm-hmm. is, how do you get 16 different experts the way that Blandino is? You know, younger guy can still do it. I mean, there, there's plenty of Twitter experts out there, that's for sure. A lot of Twitter experts. I mean, you can find you can find plenty of people. I don't know who if you can find it. 16, but I would at least love to see it on Sunday night and Monday night football. Next, that you can go for one, I believe it's from the two-yard line. Mm-hmm. You can go for two from the five-yard line, or you can go for three yeah. from the ten-yard line. There, You do not kick extra points. <laughs> you do not kick extra points. Let me repeat, okay? So there's definitely an interesting strategy there. Yeah. Go for one. Nobody goes for one because there's no reward. Well, yeah, why would you do that? You go for two, or you go for three. That is interesting because you talk about needing a new flip card, a new chart. Yeah. My gosh. Uh, that was interesting. The kickoffs, they they you can't they stand on the other side of the field, and then you you can't leave until mm-hmm. the guy who catches the ball touches the ball. So Safety purposes. You still have kickoff, but it's, obviously it's in a different modified. way. Yeah, I mean, I look, don't I don't hate the kickoff thing. I, I, and then the onside kicks are it's fourth and fifteen mm-hmm. from your own twenty five. If you get it, you keep the ball. Mm-hmm. If you don't, the other team takes over right I, where you don't get it. I like that too. So I like that as well. There, look, the, these spring leagues have all had interesting ideas that would make it better. And it's funny to me that football has had constant experimentation with these spring leagues. Some of them have been implemented. Some of them have not. This goes all the way back to the World League of American Football, yeah. which I've been working on a podcast project related to the Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks. That's a, a brief history of triangle sports, the Raleigh-Durham Skyhawks. You can listen to that podcast wherever you get your podcast. Episode four will be available on Wednesday. But they they had experimentation with field goal attempts, getting more, I think it was four points later on in the World League. It was four points if you kicked a, if you kicked it from 50 yards or more rather than just a normal three. So they've all done it. The XFL has done it. The Alliance of American Football had their own rules changes. The USFL has tried some different things. I like the experimentation. 
and maybe some of this stuff will be incorporated in the NFL. As opposed to what you have with Major League Baseball, where we're seeing early pitch count, you know, the pitch clock returns, and people are freaking out. I know, out. but it's saving 23 minutes, too. That matters. It does. That matters, but baseball is very purist about this. I don't know what the XFL ratings are, but I can ratings tell Ratings aren't great. The, the game itself wasn't bad. Sure. I, I think that's been a problem since the original USFL. The original USFL, you got to remember, it was like a 24-team NFL, so mm-hmm. there was plenty of talent out there yeah. rolling around. Um, but no, the the recent XFL that was the the quality okay, was bad. This. The AAIF or whatever it was a- that was bad a- quality. A- I'm watching this game and Danucci Ben mm-hmm. Danucci was the quarterback for Seattle. Oh, he's a spring football then, legend. He is, and AJ McCarron was the quarterback for St. Louis. And quality of the game yeah. wasn't terrible. Okay, they, they did play under pandemic rules because I don't remember them throwing a flag at all. <laughs> That's also <laughs> good too. And by the way, I'd rather do this than what apparently the NFL is looking into this offseason where they would have roughing the passer be reviewable. Yes, let's just make these games longer, shall we? Get I'm, the scout I'm judge I'm telling already. you it was a revelation Let watching the, way, the speed with which they were reviewing plays. I'm not going to knock you for watching the XFL. I'm not going to knock you. Yeah. That. But please tell me you didn't watch Live Golf this weekend. No, I don't watch the Live. Okay, because that would tell me you're super down bad. Like, you really don't like your family. If you're like, y'all, you go have fun. <laughs> I got to watch. I got to watch. They were in Mayakoba, I think, this yeah, week. I got I, I to gotta find my local CW affiliate <laughs> and watch Live Golf. So my, my guy, Sports TV Ratings on Twitter, pointed this out with Live Golf. He was told by a source that the CW flagship station in New York City, WPIX. PIX, yeah. Live Golf averaged a 0.08 household rating and a total viewership of 7,679 in New York City. 7,679. That is being down bad. If you're and as I told one hockey parent this weekend, if you're gambling on live golf, you really got to reassess some things in your life. Okay. Next up. And I don't even care who, who number two is. Just like the Carolina Hurricanes, don't even care that the trade deadline is on Friday. Everybody on the eastern side of things has been going for it, and I don't know if it's because of FOMO with Carolina Hurricanes fans. Understandable. Or it's looking at a big $10 million cap space being unused that people are going, what are you, wh- why, Canes? Why have you not done a thing? They really lost it with Timo Meyer. Now, when you look at the deal that was required to make Timo Meyer to New Jersey, yeah, was, there was no way in lot. hell. That was a lot of no hot way assets. In hell. No way in hell the Carolina Hurricanes were ever going to do that. Here's Tom Dundon talking to us back at the stadium series, February 18th, when we asked him straight up about this upcoming trade deadline because without Max Pacioretty, you would think they want to add. That's why he was brought here. He's unavailable. You got cap space. What you going to do? You're sitting on a monster, right? Like you're not you're not going to let this team, you're not going to stick tight at the, at the deadline here. You understand where the window is. You understand who you got left on contracts and all those other, I don't need to explain any of this I'll to you. I'll explain right? to you though. The window is, I think I read one, maybe it was you. The window's way bigger, I think, than you guys think. We're going to do, we're going to be good every year. Mm-hmm. Having said that, yeah, I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> well, we're trying. Just, but I'm just saying, sometimes it's your sometimes year. You don't know. Year. It's yeah. our year. It's going to be our year every year. 
Every year. I love the I, know, I, love, I, the love, I love the confidence, my man, but, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes you do make a move that indicates to my man. the room. This yeah. is it. I mean, we saw this back in 06 uh, in the Stanley Cup run. They made aggressive moves, moves. to indicate, hey, look, we're, we're going in for it, it to win it. And you've it. got you got space. I mean, unfortunately, with the we got a lot of space. You got space. space. isn't our problem. All right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm reading the body language here. We're trying. I He's promise you. He's sitting on a monster. He's not going to just okay. sit there and be like. We are trying He's very hard. Yes. But there ain't a lot of monsters out there. Let's. Okay. Like, no, how I many people that. make us better? That's I get the that. hard part. That's the key. That's the last part. Yeah, that's the key part. How many of these guys make us better? And that's a fair point. That is a fair point. Look, it's true. I mean, Colorado won the Stanley Cup last year. They didn't make a you know blockbuster deal at the deadline. They had a deep, talented team, especially at forward. That's how. The, I mean, that sounds like the Canes to me. They they need those top end guys to be play like Nathan McKinnon did. That that's what they really need. Next up, the ACC. Speaking of down bad, the ACC is down bad when it comes to net. Some explanations as to why the ACC is not beloved by the metrics. And one team that you can blame for the current state of things for the ACC. Next. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away a lot of folks are getting pestered about the current state of the acc um, it was an interesting weekend no less with nc state getting blown out by clemson miami team that you and i Gilio, agree is the best team in the acc right now blowing a 25 point deficit deficit north carolina looking like a little bit of life they certainly played their best half of basketball in a win against virginia but then there's the flip side of that. Virginia seems to be waning at the worst possible time. So I went to Ken Palm this morning like I typically do. I'll go to Ken Pomeroy's website, look to see you know where the ACC is, seventh best conference according to his metrics behind the Mountain West. And, like, and who's the best team in the ACC in terms of a Ken Palm number, in terms of efficiency? And it's Miami, but they're like 36th. That's bad. That's the best team at 36th? That's bad. So, so two things can be true at once when we talk about the ACC. We can all agree it ain't great right now. That's not to say they can't have success in March, but overall, based on what we've seen this season, not great. However, you're telling me that the system that's used to evaluate teams, net, with an algorithm that nobody knows what it's made up of, you're telling me that the Big 12 can have this manipulated number and make it seem like they're this juggernaut, and the Big 10 can have a team like Ohio State, who is objectively bad, still be good wins for other Big 10 teams, while the ACC sees situations where you beat a team and you actually drop in net. So there's a lot of make-it-make-sense going on right now, Joe, and I don't know if we'll ever really get clarity on it until they give us what the algorithm is. Yeah, I mean, we know the components. We don't know the exact formula. Right. So efficiency is one of those components, by the way. And I was just looking this morning, same as you did. Top 30 teams in offense. You have Miami and you. I'm, I just drew a complete and line. Virginia. Vir 
in offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top 30 in defense, you have one mm-hmm. Virginia. So efficiency matters. How you schedule teams in, in your non-conference, Do you are you playing them on the road? Are you playing neutral site games? Are you playing other good power conference teams? And then how do you do in those games? Yeah. Because that's what matters, how you do in those games. Fair or not, you know, as Mike Krzyzewski was kind of lamenting last year, those early non-conference results are baking in, and it's hard to change them. You Essentially, you can't. Mm-hmm. So you have this perfect storm in the ACC this year where Duke and North Carolina and Virginia all were expected to do well, all scheduled accordingly, and then... You look at what they did outside the league, just take Virginia. They beat Baylor. They beat Illinois. Those were great wins. So now the teams who beat Virginia are rewarded in the ACC. You look at North Carolina, preseason number one, they scheduled Iowa State. They scheduled Alabama. They scheduled Indiana. They didn't win any of those games. So what you're lamenting here is Carolina not handling their business. Duke Mm -hmm. beat Xavier, but they didn't beat Kansas. If state had beaten Kansas, that would have gone a long way. Sure. Because look what Iowa state did. You know, the big 12, you look at those teams in the big 12, Oklahoma dead last, Mm -hmm. just two weeks ago, they beat Alabama, arguably the best team in the country by 24 points. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden the teams who beat Oklahoma essentially get that win. I I can't explain it more in depth. I'm not going to be able to sit here and run all the numbers to you because I don't know them. But I know this. When you beat Oklahoma, you basically get all of Oklahoma's wins. Yes. It, you know, it's like a little Pac-Man. You eat Oklahoma, okay, it's, now you get everything that he's got. It's when your kids were playing Fortnite. When you knock somebody off the map, you get, you all, get all, their, their, their all the chug swags and okay. all the There stuff. you go. Yes. That's, that's how you should look at it. Yeah. And that's the failure of the ACC. You know, Duke losing to Kansas, that hurts. But some of this also gets manipulated, and this is what I get back to with the Big 12. You know, I, I, I saw this stat from uh, Dagum Box Scores on but that, Twitter. But I, I just gave you two examples of the Big 12. Those aren't the best teams. I, I, I and understand. they have two cherry wins. I, well, I understand that. I, I get what you're saying. But the point that Chris was making in his newsletter was, and he looked at all the Quadrant 1 opportunities, 85% of Big 12 games are Quad 1 right. opportunities. Okay. Now, some of that is because the Big 12 has those cherry wins, as you mentioned. But there's another act. There's another thing. Unbalanced schedules. Unbalanced scheduling has been a problem for the ACC ever since expansion. Okay. And what ends up happening is Clemson doesn't get, you know, Clemson was a team that was atop the league at one point, and people were still wondering if they'd make the NCAA tournament. How? Well, look at their ACC unbalanced schedule. That feeds into your bad numbers as you go forward. When you play a true round robin, well, you get those opportunities. You certainly get the road opportunity that a lot of teams in the ACC do not get because of that unbalanced schedule. Is there a way to fix that? No, because they're not going to play 28 conference games in the future, even though at the rate things are going is for the Big 12, which is about to turn into the Big 16 or something. Now, I would argue what that what is more valuable to your, you know, this is where you get TV involved. What's more valuable to you as a conference? And we're talking about TV. Well, people want to see conference games. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I would say do 28 conference games and the remaining part of your schedule, you play some of those MTEs and call it a day yeah, but and see what happens you, with your numbers. Even if you increase the number of conference games, what matters is what you do out of the league and can you get wins. Mm-hmm. You love to yammer at me and yell at me when I tell you that the results, the loss doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, under the net, non-conference losses matter. Mm-hmm. You have to have wins to bring back the hunting and gathering. you got to go hunt hunt those wins and gather them and bring them back to the rest of the conference. 
Because if you don't have that, you get nothing to eat at the end of the season. I yammer? You do yammer about. That's one thing you like to get on me about. I don't know if yammering is the right way to put it. Kind of yammer. That's fine. Even though I dropped the mic on Pitt in Carolina last year, I felt like that should have ended that argument, but I guess we'll find out this year if, I, if it if it comes back, right? Yeah, I, I guess I guess we will find out. I guess we will find out. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com I was watching a video on Twitter during the break as it relates to the pitch clock. We've kind of danced around the Major League Baseball pitch clock story and it's it's speeding things up. You said what 20 20 to 30 minutes have has been saved? Uh, 23. Of, okay. So they showed they showed one pitcher from spring training this weekend that managed to pitch an entire half inning in the amount of time it took, uh, I forgot which other pitcher it was in the old system, one pitch. Think about that. An entire half inning took place in the same amount of time it took for one pitcher staring off of the distance, you know, shaking off signs, various other things, to pitch once. So I'd say it's working. I would say it's working. Um, baseball, in order to stay modern, and stay relevant for TV audiences, you got to wrap this thing up, man. People just don't have the time. Honestly, it's the biggest problem for college football right now. College football does not need to be longer. It needs to get to an NFL level of we're we're in and out of here in about three, three and a half hours. Not some of these games that we've seen in college football that last four plus. And I know they've been looking at some rules changes to cut down on the amount of plays that are run in college football. Well, plays, the clock, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to stop after every first down. My goodness. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So we had Steve Forbes on last week. The Wake Forest head, head basketball coach joined us last week, and this was ahead of their Wednesday night game against NC State. And something that Jillio and I have been doing this season is gifting, showing tokens of appreciation or, or giving tokens of appreciation for the college basketball coaches who were good with the media, good with us, right? So Mike Bray – Bottle of Jamison on his way out. Uh, Josh Passner, we brought him some pizza when Georgia Tech was in town. And then we had this conversation with Steve Forbes. Turns out he likes cigars. So I asked my dad, like, hey, this Wake Forest basketball coach would like a cigar. Mind if I take one? My dad was cool with it only because Miami had recently beaten Wake Forest. So he's like, yeah, let the man have it. And Steve Forbes enjoyed said cigar. He he reached out to me. Uh, He enjoyed it. But on Wednesday night, when Steve Forbes was on some sort of rant about the net, he said, you know, like I was telling my guy Joe over there, and you and I were standing next to each next other. Next to each other in the back of the press room, yes. So which Joe is his guy? 
Great question. Yes. Josh Graham, our friend, WSJS, out in the triad, had Steve Forbes on today, and this came up. I haven't had a cigar. Joe, those guys got me one over there last week. I hadn't had one since December, and so I was trying to cut down a little bit, but we know we're getting to the spring now. The weather's getting a lot nicer, so maybe I'll break out. And uh, That's what uh, Coach Bray and I talked about after the game. Our friends Joe Ovius and Joe Gillio, who do radio out in Raleigh, you said, my guy, Joe. I wonder which Joe you were talking about, and did well, you smoke it, it, that cigar? It's Joe and Joe. You know, Ovi's <laughs> dad is the one that, that sent me the Cuban cigar. So Understood. I was very appreciative of that. And um, I actually uh, smoked it the other day um, out on my porch. And I, like I said, I hadn't had one since early December. So uh, it, was, um, it was nice to sit there and do that. So there you go. It's collective. We're a collective Joe at this point. Love it. That was a good, that, that was a good response by, by Forbes. He's not picking fairs. like children. You're not going to pick a favorite, Joe, right? No. Can't do that. Absolutely can't do that. That's Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obius. If you missed anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. We're 50 subs away from 3,000. So we got 2,950 subscribers on YouTube. I want to get to 3,000. So let's, let's go. So that way tomorrow I can unleash the glizzy. <laughs> All right. <That's- laughs> It's a very, is that a loaded statement? That is the right way to put it. Yeah, yeah. it was loaded. Yeah, it was. Yeah. No, the, no, the, gl- the glizzy was loaded because I stuffed it in a chicken bake. So anyway, I went to Costco, did the chicken bake thing, and uh, I ate it, and we got that video. But we're only going to release it when we get to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. So go ahead and do that. Every time I've been mentioning it, we get like 10 more subscribers to YouTube. So let's go already. But sticking with hoops for a hot minute. State, we got a lot of Hey Joe questions earlier today. And I think two things are happening right now that has everybody pressing tight. Actually, I would say it was a very, as Bomani Jones likes to call it, lemon booty weekend for a lot of people. Carolina Hurricanes lost to the Bad Ducks squad. They don't look to be active in at the, at the trade deadline. So Canes fans are freaking out like, oh no, this is going to sink our Stanley Cup chances. Maybe we'll see what happens. Carolina put together their best half of basketball in a long time. And it helps that Pete Nance was dropping threes. And NC State got smoked by Clemson. So now we got a bunch of Hey Joe questions from folks going, hey, do I got to worry about NC State? Will Patnod, our chief engineer, state guy. That's pretty funny. I was in the bathroom earlier, and he goes, so you know what's going to happen, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, State's going to lose to Duke, and they're going to lose in the ACC tournament, and they're going to be in the NIT. I'm like, man, you're talking like a like like the state guy hasn't left you. He's like, well, we know. We know what's going to happen. I'm like, all right, Will, we'll see what happens. Here's Kevin Keats. On the loss to Clemson. Uh, give Clemson a lot of credit. I thought they played really well today. Um, us, on the other hand, I didn't think it was one of our days. Um, you know, I just obviously, um, I, what I talked about with the team was a couple things. Uh, Wake Forest first half, I didn't think we did a great job of defending. Uh, we outscored those guys, so we had 52 points at the half, but gave them 46. And then I thought we did an awful job um, defending against Clemson. You know, giving up 54 points and a half, um, we fought. And I think that's not a surprise to anyone now uh, about this team. We're going to fight. But you, you put yourself in a really tough hole when you give up that many points in the first half. So uh, disappointed. Uh, this team has um, you know, been really good all year long. We've had a couple games where I didn't think we defended. One of them was tonight. Um, the other thing is we look a little bit like we, we just
just wasn't, we didn't have the same pop that we normally have. And, uh, you know, when you're, when you can't rely on your defense to get stops, I thought we did a good job, a better job in the second half scoring the basketball. Uh, first half, we didn't. So that's Kevin Keats, NC State's head basketball coach, in their loss to Clemson. Now, as you've pointed this out, Joe, Clemson seems to be a bad matchup for the Wolfpack under Kevin Keats, and twice now they've been run by the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, they scored 96 points. The way that yeah. they started the game was just kind of preposterous. But I do agree with, uh, we'll, we'll use a yellow flag. We'll use a Hubert Davis-ism from earlier in the season about a yellow flag with the, with the Wolfpack. They're a hell of a lot of fun to watch. When Jarkel Joyner and Terquavion Smith, in combination with DJ Burns, are doing their thing, there is not a team that's more entertaining to watch than NC State. The problem is, defensively, it comes and goes. And they were able to match Wake Forest's output, but the difference in that game is that Wake Forest is even flimsier when it comes to defense. That's been the story of their season. They can score, but when it when when it's when it's when you need to stop, they can't do it. They cannot consistently get stops. And that would be my concern for the Wolfpack going into this stretch run of the season. Duke tomorrow, and then obviously the ACC tournament next week. Um, the one- should you be worried if they lose both of those game- next two games? I absolutely think, yeah, you should yeah. be worried, but... The way that this team has, they haven't lost consecutive games all year. So the way that they bounce back from performances has mm-hmm. been consistent. And I, I, the construction of the team is such that they play in a way that doesn't pay attention to its own history, the program's history. They care about what they're doing, and they care about the way that they play. Uh, we have an older player in Jarkel Joyner, six-year point guard. He, he is you know, unfazed in the way that he plays and bounces back from games. He's had poor games this year, but each time he has been able to bounce back. You know, Burns was fine Mm -hmm. um, against Clemson. You can't pin that one on him. No. But I just think that's one of those games where you you throw it away. Like I say, I'd rather lose by, you know, 25 than by two and have your your gut busted than try to go over to Duke to recover. They need their head on a swivel because they know Duke is going to be looking for that run-it-back win, which, you know, the game in Raleigh was completely different. This one I expect will be too. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart. Your choice.